Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. And welcome to 99 for One. So glad you could be with us. Today with me is Tom Pounder, a friend of almost 30 years who actually has been on this journey with me. So welcome, Tom. Hey, well, thanks for having me on the the podcast today. I'm really excited to be here because, like you said, I did go on one of your trips with you, and so I'm kind of excited to walk through this with you. Hey, as, as we get started, can you just tell us real quickly, what, what is endurance leadership, and, and why did you get started down this path? Yeah, uh, endurance leadership is a nonprofit that I run, and years ago, while I was uh, working for a different nonprofit, uh, I went through kind of a major life crisis, relationship crisis, and I had somebody, I think they were trying to be helpful, they said to me, you know, that which doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And, you know, when you're going through a difficult time and somebody tries to offer you a nice little uh, self-tip, I, I just was actually kind of annoyed, to, wanted to say <laughs> thank you, Kelly Clarkson. But uh, I, But I actually took their remarks to heart and thought to myself, you know, it's not true. It's not actually true that that which doesn't kill you can only make you stronger. It could actually, the crisis I went through, I thought it could also make me bitter and vengeful and angry and distant and lonely and really mess me up in the future on different relationships if I didn't learn from it. It, A difficult situation has the potential to, to... help us grow in character and become a a stronger person but it also has the potential to jack you up mess mess up your life yeah that that's definitely for sure so you took this experience and while you were going through this you began to start this new nonprofit. right and and so my my thought was what would it take to help leaders uh who go through a major life struggle most everybody if you live long enough you're going to go through something how do you help them grow from uh different situations bounce back uh grow in character and actually become all the stronger for it make a difference so we started endurance leadership with that idea in mind Uh, leaders that endure leaders that don't quit we persevere and get stronger when you go through a crisis yeah, and I think that's awesome what you do, and because I've been on some of your trips before, so if someone, real quick, we'll hit on this a little bit later, but if someone wanted to find out information about this, where, where would they go to? Our trips website that we uh, have is uh, leadershipexcursions.org, and that, that's all sorts of different ideas of what we can do to help other people around the globe, and in addition to that, our 99 for 1 uh, uh, trips have uh, kind of been compiled and are listed, and there's uh, all sorts of information at 99for1story.com. Okay, that's awesome. And again, we'll hit on that a little bit later, but give us the general idea. What What is it that you guys do? What What's the basis of what you do? I would say that what sets us apart is I, I feel like there's so many organizations I get to do a lot of public speaking, and I enjoy that, but really what drives me is this idea that uh, people are kind of sick of one more talk and one more idea. Uh, What I think people want to see is action. How can we help others? How can we serve others? How can we make an impact? And I I believe there's something to the idea that leaders that last actually, you you don't grow bored if you're actually involved with other people that they're in difficult situations this idea of what does it mean for you and I to serve somebody that's in a very difficult situation in life 
that if we were in that situation, we would want to be served. We would want somebody who walks with us, helps us, gives us a leg up, teaches us how to fish, and uh, rather than just hands us a fish and moves on. And so what are places like that in our local neighborhoods, communities, uh, in our state, in, around the U.S., around the globe, that we can actually get engaged and make a difference? Yeah, I, I love that about it. You, again, you're offering the practical hands-on experience. You're not just talking about it, you're actually going and doing it, which brings us to today where we're talking about why a uh, ABC news station in San Diego would contact you. And again, just to give you a little bit of an idea, Will lives on the East Coast. This is San Diego. A news station is contacting you. Why would they ever do that, Will? Well, they, they heard that I was living homeless for a week. Uh, You're what? Well, it's a cheap way to see the country. <laughs> in, in, in honest, I, I, I uh, was looking for a homeless friend, and so they, they heard what was going on and the lengths we were going to to find somebody. And so they, they pursued me and said, we'd like the story. And so they did a, a shot on the evening news. You can check it out at 99for1story.com. It's, uh, the clip is on there. But, yeah, that's, that's why they contacted me. Okay, so now let's get into this a little bit more. Why were you looking for a friend? What, what, what's the story here? Yeah, so uh, I would say with each, um, each nonprofit activity or trip or whatever that we do, there's a story behind it. There's a reason why. There's a relationship we got engaged in that somebody needed help. We, we've tried to make this an organic growth uh, opportunity rather than, hey, let's go figure out how we're going to save the world. Because I believe actually all of us have opportunities every day where you could engage with somebody that's in a crisis that you might be able to help them, serve them, walk with them as you would want somebody to walk with you if you were in a similar situation. So the one in San Diego came about when I, I received a phone call from uh, my uh, best friend's mom and she said, uh, you know, Ed, your best friend from high school, from middle school, he's uh, become homeless in San Diego. Wait, uh, Okay, what do you mean he's become homeless? Like, was he living out there? Did it, was, he, well, was he always homeless? No, no, no. When, when actually I, I moved, uh, you know, went off to college. Ed moved west to California. He uh, started his own business. He was a master craftsman with wood. He could do just about anything, build mm -hmm. custom cabinets, tables, and so forth. And he had quite a clientele. But uh, every opportunity I had when I was out on the West Coast, we'd still connect. I don't know if you have friends like that in your life that you just stay in touch with them for you know uber long yeah. but that's kind of what we did and we always kept up but uh i just realized um you know in, in after my last interaction with ed probably six months earlier when i'd seen him this he wasn't near t any sort of state that i would have said he's going to be homeless right so you get a phone call from his mom and his mom is saying what what, what does she want what is she talking to you about what she she just told me he's homeless and so back to what i said a minute ago you know i, I kind of have this idea if we lived life in such a way that I, i'm going to care for other people uh the way i would want to be cared for if i was in their shoes it's the golden rule you know loving others the way you want to be loved or uh, it's from the bible jesus would say it's the second greatest command how do we love others and so i'm thinking if i was homeless right now uh, how would i want somebody to reach out mm -hmm. to me and i, I wouldn't want to be forgotten right I would hope somebody would pursue me, so I thought, therefore, I should get a plane ticket, fly west, and look for my friend. Wait a second. You, so you you just decided to go out there and just look for him? Did you have any idea what you were do, like what you were doing or where you were going? 
Um, well, actually, I've done some nonprofit work in Washington, D.C., because it's uh, only about 22 miles away from where I live. And we'd taken trips, teenagers, other groups in there to do a coat drive and other sorts of, and, and bring food and meals and so forth. And there's one primary park in Washington, D.C. called Franklin Park, where it's kind of the mecca of the homeless mm -hmm. population there. And you can get to know most things going on in D.C. with the homeless if you go to Franklin Park and ask somebody. If, if, if you don't find the person you're looking for, they usually know who you might be looking for and where they are and what part of D.C. and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought when I flew out to California, to San Diego, that I'm going to go to the, I need to find the Franklin Park of San Diego, right. and I'm going to see my buddy Ed on a bench, and we're going to have a sandwich, and I'm going to, you know, take him for a beer, and then we're going to, hey, we're going to wrap this thing up and get it back on it. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be that simple. That's yeah. really what I was thinking. But I, I was wrong. Yeah, uh, okay, I've been so, wrong before. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been wrong, I think, to some degree before. Okay, so you go out there, and then what do you see? What do you, what do you experience when you're down out there? Um, I, it's hard to describe. If, if you're from the West Coast, you would know this. But uh, the numbers I was given from a local police officer uh, are kind of staggering. That there's At that time, I was told there's 13,000 homeless living in the San Diego uh, surrounding area in in uh, San Francisco there's 50,000 homeless in LA there's 90,000 homeless this is again this is about four years ago the numbers I was given I'm not sure uh, uh, where they are now but I imagine 13,000 people they're not going to fit in one little Franklin Park area they're all over the place when I asked when I asked the police officer where do the homeless people hang out he pretty much laughed mm -hmm. he said look dude they're everywhere they're in every park. They're they're along the the coastal way. They're they're up at a uh, Pacific Beach. They're they're at Ocean Beach. They're over near the stadium, where St. Vincent's uh, Catholic Church has a feeding. They're over, you know, in if you want to go in town, you can go to Mission Gorge. You can find more homeless. You can go in the city area, the Gaslamp District. They're everywhere. All right. So then, what happened next? Um, gosh. I, I searched frantically. You know, I, I don't have forever to sit out in, on the West Coast looking for my buddy Ed. I only had so many days. I got a family back on the East Coast, so I am... Wait, so you went alone? I went alone. I went alone. I had a friend that was supposed to go with me, but uh, uh, he had to attend a funeral, didn't, wasn't able to make it. So I showed Ed's picture everywhere, talked to every homeless guy, talked to police officers, went... Everywhere somebody told me to go in the San Diego area, I would go there. You know, I, went, I remember going from downtown to uh, Ocean Beach, to Pacific Beach, and just, uh, again, I was overwhelmed. Yeah. Okay, so you you went over there, you dropped everything, went over there. So what, really, what's the point? Like, what what, what are we supposed to learn from this? Like, what what, what are you trying to show us? And what what's the example here? That's a fair question. I'm not trying to encourage everybody to move out and be homeless <laughs> as much as you, you know, might save some money on rent. I... I actually, uh, the question I've asked these days is, uh, you know, what about you and me? Like, mm -hmm. when, when you and I hear a situation like this, what, what about you and I? Like, what can we learn for our own life um, when, with regard to this? So I, I wonder if those listening, if you've got somebody, you may have a homeless friend mm -hmm. that, that you've given up on. You may have somebody else that's just in a difficult situation or a trial in life. And, and maybe just hearing this would jog your, you know, mind into gear to think, is there something I could do for that person to reach out to them? You may not have to travel cross country. It might just be a phone call or stopping by their house or their office 
and checking up on them because life's messy, man. And it throws you a lot of curveballs and it doesn't always make you stronger when they come. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those of us that are doing, you know, a little better at the moment might, might be in that situation just to help somebody like that or like Ed. Dude, that's a great challenge. Uh, and so, but I want to go back to the story real quick. You said just a few minutes ago that ABC News did a story on you that you actually lived right. homeless. Yes. Like, okay, talk to me about that. What's that all about? I'd love to tell you more about it, but I got to save some for uh, our next podcast. So. <laughs> no, yes, no. yes, we got to sign off. So, so next week we will talk about what's it mean to actually live homeless uh, on the streets of San Diego. Uh, something that I actually actually have had a little bit of experience with. So, hope you can tune in next week. Thanks for being with us, Tom. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to Ninety Nine for One, a podcast of real life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book Ninety Nine for One, and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.